and welcome with me, Pastor Kaylin, this morning. Thank you, Pastor Gary. Thank you, everyone. If we have not met yet, my name is Kaylin Lara, and I am one of the pastors here at Santa Maria Foursquare Church. And I have the privilege and the honor of being the worship pastor as well as the children's pastor here at the church. And so if you ever see me up here worshiping with all of you and then I disappear for the rest of the service, it's because I get to go hang out with your awesome kiddos and our incredible Safari Kids leaders. We have a great time learning more about Jesus with the kids, and I love getting to be with them. And I also have a five-month-old baby boy. His name is Jesse James, and he is incredible growing up super fast. And, uh, but sometimes he requires my attention, so sometimes I have to like duck out to go be with him. Um, in fact, when, uh, before the baby was born, I went to Pastor Tim, and I told him, I was like, I don't know if I'll be able to like stay in an adult service for a while while my while my baby's really little because I probably need to be available to take care of him. So like give me until like the fall at least until I'm going to be in the service with everybody. And uh, so when he came to talk to me about speaking today, he's like, well, you're in luck because it's the first Sunday of fall. And I was like, great. <laughs> I was kind of picturing more like late November, maybe. No, but I'm very excited to, to be here with you and to share what God has put on my heart. And it's an honor that Pastor Tim would trust me to be up here with all of you. As he today with Pastor Kelly is in uh, Playa del Carmen, Mexico. And in fact, all week they have been with our missionaries, the Areolas, and they have been ministering together. They've had some incredible times of just encouraging one another and um, building up the church there in uh, Playa del Carmen. And so as we get started today, I'd like to pray for what's going on in Mexico right now, the ministry that's happening there, and then what's taking place with us this morning right here in Santa Maria. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Lord Jesus, we thank you, Lord God, for what you are doing all around the world. Lord Jesus, we thank you that right now you are with our missionaries and our pastors, Tim and Kelly, in Playa del Carmen, Mexico, Lord Jesus. And we pray that your word would go forth from Playa del Carmen today, Lord Jesus, and touch people's hearts, change their lives, Lord Jesus. Be with our missionaries, encourage them, build them up, bless them, Lord Jesus, their whole family, Lord, and be with our pastors as they are going to be taking some time to rest and relax this week and return to us next week. Be with them, Jesus. And for all of us here today, Lord God, we thank you that you are with us. And we just praise you, Lord God, because you are so good. And so I pray today, Jesus, that you would speak to us, that you would speak through me, Lord God, and touch people's hearts and lives today like only you can do. And we thank you for it, Jesus. Amen. I have some really good news. On top of all of that is that Pastor Tim and Kelly, when they return next week, they are bringing Pastor Joel with them. Woo-woo! 
So he is going to be with us next Sunday, ministering with us, and I am so excited. You guys have to be here next week to see Pastor Joel. If you haven't met him yet, this is an incredible time for you to get to meet our missionaries. But if you know him, he's been around Santa Maria for like his entire life before he went back to Mexico as a missionary. And so we are just so excited to welcome him back home for a little bit and just celebrate him being with us. So please come back next week as we continue on in our series, An Upgraded Faith. Over the past couple of weeks in this series, Pastor Tim has been leading us through what it looks like to have an upgraded faith. We know that having faith on its own is something that's really special. We know that uh, when somebody comes to faith, heaven celebrates that. The Bible tells us that when one person turns away from their sin and turns toward God, angels rejoice. So it's something to celebrate when we have faith. But what we're also learning is that having a faith, having faith alone isn't enough. If we believe that Jesus is who he says he is, we have the faith that angels will celebrate and rejoice. But If we want to have a faith that will change our lives, we must add to our faith continually. If all we have is a simple faith, we can still just be really immature Christians. We need to continue to add to our faith so that we can mature and grow in Christ and upgrade our faith. So we've been looking at some verses in 2 Peter, and they tell us exactly what we need to do to mature and to upgrade our faith. This is what it says. It says, make every effort to add to your faith. And then it gives us a list. It says, add goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, mutual affection, and love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So while it's great to have faith, if we aren't continually adding to our faith in increasing measure, our faith will be ineffective and unproductive. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to get to heaven someday and feel like I like just made it in the door, right? Like I had just enough faith to get me here, but that's about it, right? I want to get to heaven and come face to face with our Lord Jesus Christ. And he's going to say to me, well done, my good and faithful servant. That's what I want. I want to have a faith that is powerfully effective and highly productive in my life. Not just a faith that'll just get me in the gates of heaven. I want more than that. And I'm going to pursue more than that. So I have to continually add these things to my faith, these things that were listed in these verses. So Pastor Tim has been teaching us specifically about these things as what we add to our faith. And then last week, the incredible Pastor Lisa, she began to teach us about how we can add these things to our faith. She taught us that one of the ways we can add to our faith is by worshiping God. 
And so today I'm going to be adding on to that. And we're going to talk about what it means and what it looks like to worship God in our lives. So how can we add to our faith? We worship God. And we talked about the definition of worship being that worship is our active response to what God reveals. Our active response to what God reveals. We know that God reveals things to us because all throughout history, he's been revealing himself to his people. And we can see that God often reveals himself along three different lines. He reveals to us who he is, what he's done, and what he's doing right now. He often reveals to us who he is and what he's done through scripture. All we have to do is open up our Bible to learn more about who God is and what he's done in the past. And that's why it's so important that we are people of the word, that we are dedicated to reading the Bible so that we can make more discoveries about who our God is. Who is this God that we worship? What has he done? And then God often reveals this third thing about what he's doing right now through his spirit. And so we have to be attentive to the spirit. We have to quiet ourselves and listen and pay attention to what the spirit might be showing us that God is doing right in this very moment. I love what Pastor Lisa said last week when she said that God reveals, so we must be watchful, then respond with action. We must be watchful. If we don't slow ourselves down enough to pay attention to what God is doing, we might miss it, right? We might miss what God would want to reveal to us. We have to be watching. It's our responsibility to be reading the Bible, to be discovering more about who Jesus is and what he's done. It's our responsibility to find those quiet moments, to quiet our minds, quiet our spirits so that we can listen for what God would tell us. And after we receive his revelation, it's our responsibility to respond with action. We can't just receive the revelation and then leave it at that. If all we have is the knowledge of who God is and what he's done for us and maybe even what he's doing in the moment and we just sit with that, it means nothing. We have to respond with action. We have to do something about what God is showing us. We have to know, all right, I know who my God is and now I'm going to do something about it. I know what he's done and so now I'm going to respond to him. I know what he's doing right now and maybe even what he's calling me to do right now. And so I'm going to respond and be obedient to what he's calling me to do and what he's revealing to me. Worshiping God and responding to him in action can look different in a lot of different situations. But one of the very special ways that we have to respond to God is through worship in song. And if you have been here in the past Sundays when I've shared some of my story, you'll know that worshiping in song has been a huge part of my life. 
from starting when I was just a really little kid, God revealed to me who he was in a way that I could understand as a child. And the cry of my heart after that was just to praise him with worship. I was in awe of who God was as even just a little kid. And I said, God, because of who you are, I want to praise you with my singing. And as I've grown up, I've continued to just remain in awe of who God is. It blows me away. And sometimes it even brings me to tears when I open up the Bible and I read about God's amazing love for me. That even when I'm in the midst of sin, he loves me and he pursues me. It blows me away. It makes me emotional because I know this God that I serve. And because of that, it causes me to want to worship him. He's saved me. He's set me free. And so I want to worship him in song. He's forgiven me. He's given me a purpose. He is an amazingly good God, and he deserves all of my worship. Even when I've been faced with some really difficult situations in life, one of my first responses is to worship God in praise and to call on his name with singing in worship. And there are some songs that have even become like anthems in my life that come up every now and again when I'm going through a certain situation. And for example, I have gone through some serious moments in my life where I have been held back by fear. Even as an adult, I've had situations where like I didn't want to be left alone because I was so scared. And I've, as an adult, woken up in my sleep and literally been paralyzed with fear. It's a serious thing for me that I face sometimes. And I don't know where it comes from, but I know that sometimes I face this fear that I am just so, so scared, so afraid. And in moments like that, I realize what is going on. I realize, okay, I know that I'm scared in this moment, even in those moments where I'm just stiff in my bed and I can't move. But I open up my mouth and I begin to worship God. And there is one song that I sing in particular in moments like this, when I know that I'm afraid, I begin to sing, before me, behind me, always beside me, no mountain, no valley, where you won't find me, oh, I am not afraid, oh, I am not afraid. And I just will repeat that over and over and over again because there's something special and powerful about me declaring that I'm not afraid even in the midst of my fear. Even in the midst of this paralyzation that I'm in, I'm so scared. I know that there's power when I say I'm not afraid. But it's not just that. Hear me. It is not only that there is power when I declare something that I'm not feeling, but there is power in me lifting up the name of Jesus because I know that he is with me. He goes before me. He's behind me. He's always beside me. 
And so when I say that I know that you're going to go with me, there's no place that I can be that you won't find me, where you won't be with me, then I don't have to live in this fear. And as I continue to sing and sing and sing and repeat it over and over and over again, this fear begins to leave me. Because I lift up my voice in worship to God, I respond to who I know Jesus is, even when I don't feel like it. Because I know who my God is. And so today you might be thinking, well, that's really great for you that you like to sing. I mean, you're the worship pastor of the church, so obviously that probably comes pretty easy for you. You know lots of songs, and it's probably pretty simple, right? And some of you might even be sitting there and saying, well, I don't have a great voice. If you heard me lift up my voice in worship to God, you would probably be scared. Um, I'm not really musically talented. So why would God ever want me to respond to him in worship with singing? Sure, other people might be able to do that, and that's great. But why would God want it from me? And I'm here to tell you that there's actually several reasons why it is important that we worship God with song so that we can upgrade our faith. You guys want to upgrade your faith? All right, let's get into it. Number one, we worship God in song because worshiping in song is biblical. All throughout scripture, we see people responding to God with singing. In fact, the first song we see in the Bible is in Exodus 15. And during this time uh, that is written about in Exodus, God's people, the Israelites, had been held captive as slaves in Egypt for 400 years. And it's a really long story, and I'm not going to tell the whole thing right now. But basically, through a series of miracles and plagues that were sent from God on the Egyptian people, the Egyptian pharaoh decided, okay, fine, I will let these Israelites go free. And so the Israelites were pretty excited about that, and they packed up their stuff, and they were like, we're out of here, right? And, but when, just when they thought that they were going to be totally free, Pharaoh was like, what have I just done? And I don't want to live without these slaves anymore. So we're going to go and I'm going to send an entire army to go capture them and bring them back into captivity. So the Israelites, they had had all their things and they had traveled to the Red Sea. And now they found themselves trapped between the sea and the approaching Egyptian army. And the Bible tells us that they were terrified and they were panicking. They're like, what are we going to do? But God performed another incredible miracle and he created a way for the Israelite people to walk through the sea on dry ground. And once they were on the other side of the sea, the Egyptian army that had come into the sea to follow them and capture them, the waters of the sea collapsed on the Egyptian army that had been pursuing them. And the Israelites were free at last. And when they looked back over the sea and they saw that God had set them free and had rescued them from the Egyptian army, 
Do you know what was the first thing that they did? They sang a song. The first thing that they did. In Exodus 15, it writes out this whole song for us. But just the first verses of this, I want you guys to capture. It says, Then Moses and the people of Israel sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. He has hurled both horse and rider into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. He is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. Because you see, God revealed himself to the Israelites as, his, as their deliverer. And because of that, they responded with a song. And the incredible thing about this story is that it's not just like some children's story with like a fancy musical number in it. No, this was a people group that had been enslaved for hundreds of years. Imagine that. Imagine the oppression that they had felt for hundreds of years. And when they were finally free, their first response was not to like give a victorious shout and say, yes, we're free. No, that wasn't their first response. Their first response was not to like gather their family and their loved ones and hug it out and just cry and say, oh, finally. No, their first response was to sing praises to God because they knew who he was and what, they ha what he had done for them and they sang. There are so many stories in scripture about people singing because of the revelation that they had received about who God was and what he had done for them. And did you know that even Jesus was recorded as singing worship to God? There are many stories that are recorded from Jesus' life that we read about, and often they're miracles and healings and incredible things that Jesus did. But there's not a lot of testimony about Jesus singing. However, in the book of Mark, right before Jesus was betrayed and put on the cross to die, he was eating a meal with his disciples. And this meal is known as the Last Supper, and it, but it wasn't just any regular old meal. This was actually the Passover meal, which was a special meal that was eaten as a celebration of the story from Exodus that we just talked about. Every year, the Jews ate this meal and celebrated how God miraculously saved the Israelites from the Egyptians. And traditionally, during the Passover meal, there is a hymn that is sung. And this hymn is composed of several chapters from the book of Psalms, which, in fact, is an entire book of the Bible dedicated to songs worshiping God. <clears throat> So when the book of Mark tells us that Jesus sang a hymn after the Passover meal, we know that likely some of the last words that Jesus sang before he was put on the cross to die are, you are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. 
His faithful love endures forever. Jesus knew who God was. That had been revealed to him. And so even in the face of death, he took the time to respond to who God was and to worship him in song and to praise him for his goodness and his, un, and his enduring love. So, number one, we see that worshiping God in song is biblical. And not only is it biblical, but it was demonstrated to us by Jesus himself. And number two, worshiping in song allows us to experience something of heaven. Even while on earth, we get to experience something of heaven when we worship God in song. The book of Revelation is an account of a vision of heaven that John received. And in several places, John records that there was worship in song. In one place, John writes this, And then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea. They sang, Blessing and honor and glory and power belong to the one sitting on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. When we get to heaven, God will finally be revealed to us face to face. And we will not be able to help but to respond by singing his praise. And because worshiping in song is mentioned so often in the book of Revelation, we can assume that singing worship to God is going to be one of the primary activities of heaven. And this reminds me of something that Pastor Lisa was talking about last week. She reminded us that having faith will get us into heaven, and that's really great. But Then she added that wouldn't it be awesome if we got to heaven and we had upgraded our faith and we were mighty men and women of God. And I want to add on to that even more, that instead of only looking forward to this someday where we're going to be with God in heaven, we can actually experience God's presence here on earth when we worship him in song. We don't have to go through our lives just waiting until that one day when we're finally united with God. But through worship and song, we can encounter God and experience his glory here on earth. An incredible worship leader and songwriter named Matt Redman wrote a book where he talks about this specifically. And he says, this life is not just a dress rehearsal or a waste of time. We can live with Jesus and for Jesus, ushering in his kingdom right here and now. We can worship God and encounter him. We can remain in him and he will remain in us. As we worship in song, we usher in his kingdom right where we are. Even in the darkest moments, in the really tough situations that we're going through, if we respond to who God is and what he's done for us and what he's doing right now, 
if we respond to that in song and in worship, he is going to show up. And in this, we get to experience something of heaven. One day we know that we will be gathered around the throne of God in heaven and we will sing praises to his name. We'll sing straight to his face, having God's glory been revealed to us completely. But we get to experience a piece of that when we worship God in song together here on earth. So, number one, we know that worshiping in song is biblical. And number two, it allows us to experience something of heaven. And finally, number three, worshiping in song is great practice. Singing in worship is actually our worship practice. Singing is not all that worship is because we know that worship is everything we do in response to what God is revealing to us. But worshiping in song is a gift that God has given us to learn and to practice how to actively respond to what he reveals to us. When we sing worship to God, we are practicing how to respond to him in other ways. And so this is where I'm going to challenge you a little bit. Are you ready? I'm going to challenge you. Because if you are not able to respond to God in worship, in this place, in this church, where it is a safe place, and you are surrounded by other people who are also practicing to respond to God in worship, and you're being led by those of us on the worship team who do lead out musically. If you cannot respond to God in worship with song in this safe place, do you really think that you'll be able to respond to him in any other way when you go out into the world? If you do not have the boldness and the bravery sometimes to sing out his praise in this safe place when you go to work or when you go to school, are you really going to be able to respond to him? Are you really going to be able to do what he's calling you to do in those places if you can't do it here? You might think, well, it's kind of embarrassing to sing or to clap or to raise my hands. But if you're embarrassed by that, do you think when you go to work, you're not going to be embarrassed about sharing who Jesus is to your coworkers? Or if you are just really tired because we come into church early in the morning and you're like, I'm not ready to worship yet. Do you think that when you go to school and you have, or you're surrounded with your friends and you have lots of work to do and homework, do you think you're not going to be tired then to respond to God? Or maybe you come to church on Sundays and you're just distracted by things that go on at home or maybe you got in a fight on your way to church in the morning or I mean I get it I have a five-month-old baby some Sunday mornings don't go great for me I have to like feed him and get him ready and get myself ready and come to church early so that I can 
be here with the band to practice for you so that you can come in and freely worship God, right? Some, some Sunday mornings it's really hard. I get it. We can be distracted by things that are going on in our life. But if we cannot push past that and respond to who God is, then when are we going to be able to do it? We're always going to have these things in life that are difficult that we go through. When are we going to respond to God if we don't do it right here, surrounded by our family and friends who also love God and are pursuing him and are learning to respond to him? Because the same reasons and really the excuses that we use to not lift our voice up and worship to God are the same things they are going to hold us back from responding to him wherever we are. You guys, this is, this is the hard truth. If we are not actively responding to what God reveals, we are resisting him. If we can't actively respond to God in worship, in singing, in praise, then we are resisting God. This is the God who created you, who gave you life, who loves you, who's forgiven you, who set you free, who died on the cross for you who's given you a purpose in this life. This is such an incredible God. And if we cannot turn that revelation of who God is into worship and praise, then we are resisting him. I don't want to be one who resists God. I want to respond wholeheartedly to what he reveals to me. When he reveals to me his character, his love, his compassion, the only response of my heart should be to praise Jesus in song. When he reveals to me things like he's done in the past, that he set the Israelites free in Egypt, and that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for me, when those things are revealed to me, those things that he has done in the past, My only response should be to worship him and lift up his name and praise him with singing. And when I see and when it is revealed to me what God is doing in the midst of us right now, in my family, in my home life, in my current situation, right now I know that God is working. And when he reveals that to me, I want to be able to lift my hands up and say, thank you, Jesus, for what you are doing right now. I praise you with my lips. I lift up a song of worship to you because I know that you are working right here and right now. And the incredible thing about this is that we get to practice every week. When we come to church, every Sunday morning, we get to practice lifting up God's name in song. And if you're feeling embarrassed and you're like, I don't know what people are going to think of me if I actually do this, then I would encourage you, just close your eyes. 
This is a moment between you and God responding to him. You're not responding to what other people are doing around you. You are responding to God. So if you're like, I'm really distracted by what's going on here. I don't know. I don't want other people to be looking at me. Then just shut your own eyes (laughs) and respond to him. If you're not comfortable in the place where you're sitting, move to a different place. Do whatever you need to do to respond to God and to practice so that every week when you come, you're just growing more and more in your response to God. Even at home, you can find time to be alone and to practice worshiping him in song. I mean, I know a lot of people sing in their showers. They usually sing like Celine Dion or Mariah Carey or something crazy, right? But you can practice singing worship to God. You can practice singing about his goodness and his love for you. You can gather your kids around or your brothers and sisters with you at home, and you can practice what it looks like to respond to God by singing in song. And I love worshiping with little kids because even the younger they are, the less they care about what other people think about them or how they sound when they open up their mouth in song. And so we actually can learn a lot from worshiping with little kids. So practice it. My husband and I at home, we worship God and we sing with our five-month-old baby. He's not even talking yet. (laughs) But we worship with him because I want something to be instilled in his spirit at a young age that when God reveals something to us, we respond. We actively respond. We don't just sit with God's revelation and say, oh, well, that's really good. No, we actively respond. And I want my son to catch that when he's a baby because it will change his life. If we grab a hold of this, it doesn't just change our worship here at church. It doesn't just make our worship times more powerful and more amazing. That's just a little part of it. But it can change our entire lives if we learn to open up our mouth and sing praises to God. Worshiping God in song allows us to upgrade our faith And with that, our faith can be effective and productive through our whole lives. So before we leave today, we're going to have another time to practice. Every time we come into church, this is a practice. You are building up your courage and your boldness so that when you go out into the world, when you're at school or when you're at work or when you're in your neighborhoods, you can begin to respond to God in other ways as well. So I want you guys to stand with me because we're going to worship God and we're not going to hold back. We're going to sing this song that we were singing before. That we have a lion inside of our souls. (laughs) So don't be afraid to lift up your voice and worship him. And if this is your first time saying, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to sing. And maybe this is your first time opening up your mouth. 
That is so awesome. And I'm going to celebrate with you. But I want you to sing at least loud enough that you can hear yourself. Okay? You don't have to like scream from the rooftops. We're going to practice. Every week we can practice and you're going to get louder and louder. But today, I want you to sing loud enough so that you can hear your own voice. Because God is worthy. God is a good God and He is worthy of our praise. He has set us free. He has forgiven us. If you have experienced this forgiveness, if you have experienced this freedom in your life, then let's respond to God in praise. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's sing this. I've got one response I've got just one move With my arms stretched wide I will worship Sing that again. I've got one response I've got one response I've got just
my hands and praise you again and again. Cause all that I have is a hallelujah, hallelujah. And I know it's not much, but I've nothing else fit for a king. Cause all that I to this place, we know that this is a safe place where we can lift your name up high, that we can experience something of heaven in this place, and that as we go from this place, we can learn to respond to you in other ways. Help us, Lord Jesus, to be brave. Help us to have courage. Teach us, Lord God, how to upgrade our faith because we want to be people who have a faith that is effective and productive in this world. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just sing this one more time together. So I throw up my hands praise you again and again cause all that I have is a hallelujah hallelujah and I know it's not much but I've nothing else fit for a king except for a heart singing you. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Church, we are going to come back next week and we are going to continue to practice. I don't want to see you guys close your lips anymore. (laughs) We are going to practice responding to Jesus in worship. 
And we are very excited that next week Pastor Joel will be with us. So make sure you are here. We love you. Have a great week.